Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride post-game show. He's up to the near side at the 45, pushes by the wall. 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, Byron Pringle. And the weekday home for Andy Reid, Mitch Holtis, Derek Johnson, and Patrick Mahomes. Fires it to Edelman and drops it. you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Guns it long for the end zone, wide open touchdown! Kansas City, it's a home run to Tyreek Hill. Here's Jay Binkley. And welcome to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Jay Binkley, along with producer Kramer Sansone, Chiefs lose 34 to 31 in Cincinnati with the walk off field goal to end the day. This was a frustrating one. This is one that sits with you all night. This is one that sits with you all week. <laughs> Definitely all morning tomorrow. It sits with you for a long time. This is a game the Chiefs started off great 14 nothing. You lose Orlando Brown. Tweaked the calf before the game, didn't play, and then Lucas Diang was going to take his place. He gets hurt, leaves by the cart, and then it's Joe Tooney. So it started off like that, but hey, the offense was still working. The offense is rolling. They get up 14 to nothing. They end up getting 28 to 14. But they could not stop Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. And the officiating was abysmal. I'll be honest with you, I hate blaming the officials after the game, but this is a tough one not to blame them. Yes, the Chiefs should have had more than three possessions in the second half. Yes, they should have scored more than three points in the second half. But these drives that were elongated because of bad penalty calls, that's what frustrates you. But the thing was, we talked about it all week. The Bengals were the fewest penalized team in the NFL. They got that good juju going for them. Fewest penalties, fewest penalty yards in the NFL. So, like, it doesn't surprise me. I don't know how they're getting the calls or why they're getting the calls, but they seem to be getting them. How about offsides? Uh, false start. We're down there near the goal line. All sort the pass interference calls were terrible. That horse collar tackle, the unnecessary roughness near the goal or at the outside of it being called instead of horse collar. That was that was crap. That's just playing football. I think Steed had one called on him when it was third and two. Chiefs were down to the 41 yard line, and they get a big penalty on them as a hold by Andrew Wiley. So all these penalties start mounting up. Andrew Wiley at third and two. Chiefs get the ball down to 41. So the score was 28 to 24. Again, blown opportunities by the Kansas City Chiefs in the offense. They look so good moving the football early on. They were just having moving it at will. And this Bengals defense is a pretty good defense. I mean, the Chiefs, after all, were running the football at will. That's one thing the Bengals were good at is stopping the run. Fourth in the NFL at stopping the run. Chiefs gashed them for 155 yards rushing. Darrell Williams. Nice, cool 88 yards. Gore with 37. Mahomes with 25. Passing was their weakness. Passing 29th best defense in the NFL. But the bottom line is, Cincinnati Bengals win the division for the first time since 2015, the AFC North. The Chiefs now, bad day all around. Not only did they lose the game to the Bengals, now the number one seed has gone bye-bye. That number one seed that they fought so hard clawed scratched their way to get the eight games in a row win streak. It just comes to a halt, man. It just comes to a halt. The football gods caught up with them because the Chiefs had been able to outrun their failures. All those blown losses at the beginning of the year, and we said, oh, that's going to come back and haunt them. 
that's going to come back and haunt them in tiebreakers. With the Ravens, with the Bills, with the Titans, is like, man, too much. Too many teams here. At least one of those teams is going to be in contention at the end of the year. I thought it might have been Buffalo instead of Tennessee. And obviously, they've done a hell of a job. You know, being able to do things without Derrick Henry, props to them. <laughs> I'm still mad at the 49ers for letting them off the hook a couple weeks ago on Thursday night. Could have ended it there. What was wrong with the Dolphins today? The Dolphins winning in Tennessee was huge for the Chiefs. That way, this game with the with the Bengals wouldn't have mattered had you given the Titans DL. But things didn't work out the Chiefs' way. Titans have the Texans next week. I know the Texans beat the Titans earlier this year. Like, they beat the Tennessee Titans, but I don't expect them to sweep the Tennessee Titans this year. After all, it still is the Houston Texans. But weird things do happen in football. So I, I guess there is a chance that they are able to beat the Titans. The Chiefs would have to go to Denver, beat the Denver Broncos for the 13th straight game, which I do believe, Kramer, they're already on to uh, Burt Rippins in now because Drew Locke's out of the game. They're in their third quarterback now with the Denver Broncos. So obviously Bridgewater didn't play. Drew Locke got the, or, uh, Drew Locke got the start. He got hurt. So the Chiefs had to beat the Denver Broncos next week down for the 13th straight time. So you're not exactly worried about that as much. But this game today stings because that number one seed went bye-bye. And two big reasons why this bye was very important for the Kansas City Chiefs. Number one, Andy Reid after the bye week. 26-6 and six in his career after a bye week regular season or postseason. 20-3 and three after a bye week in the regular season. He is extremely good when you give him that week off. That's reason number one. Reason number two, the Chiefs needed the rest. This team has played more football than any team in the National Football League the last three years. It starts catching up with your body. I mean, they go all the way to the UFC title game. Then the last two years, they played more football than anybody, 100%, because they went all the way to the final game of the year, the Super Bowl. Chiefs needed a bye week. Now, this doesn't mean the uh, Super Bowl won't go through Arrowhead Stadium, but they will need the Tennessee Titans to take an L the first couple of games or in that divisional round of the playoffs, they'll need the Titans, which could happen, which could happen. As we sit here right now, you know, we're really looking at a scenario where it could be the Raiders or the Chargers in Kansas City the first week of the season. As we sit here now with the Raiders win, because they won today, winning they're in. That's basically what that game sets up with the Chargers and Raiders, which is really weird. The Raiders are winning, you're in. But if the Raiders win, there is a scenario where the Colts, as the seventh seed, could be coming to Kansas City in the wild card game. Now, if the Chargers win that game next week, then it'd be the Chargers coming to Kansas City. So regardless, could be a divisional opponent coming to Kansas City. If not, it's a guy like Jonathan Taylor. The Colts, you have to stop. They did lose today to the Raiders. They got they they were hit hard by COVID. They got a lot of those guys back with the Colts, but that's that's the way we played things in the National Football League at this point. But Monumental loss for the Chiefs today, not only because it's a loss and you, you hate losing NFL games, but because the bye seemingly seems out of control at this point. Like that whole control your own destiny was so fun until it's not. And basically, life caught up to the Chiefs. Those losses that you thought early on, this is going to come back and haunt them. Well, it finally is. If you're getting to the last week of the season, the loss there. So, yes, the refereeing was horrible today. The offense in the second half didn't do anything either. There was two key plays in this game. Actually, three, if you want to call it. Zane Anderson holding or the uh, Byron Pringle 89-yard return at the end of the first half. That was huge. But then the Chiefs were still going to move the football down. What, Mahomes, 65 yards through the air, and Tyree Kill just dropped it? 
That's a huge. Even if the Chiefs don't get a touchdown there and just manufacture a field goal, it's still scoring points going right in the halftime when Cincinnati was going to get the ball back first in the second half. Big play right there for the Chiefs. And, of course, the third and 27, the inexcusable moment for Steve Spagnola, where if he wished he could have any play back, I guarantee he'd be that one. Jamar Chase had done some very, very bad things this defense. Really bad things this defense to a tune of 266 yards. They could not cover him. And if they do face the Titans or Bengals again, the playoffs, cover him. Bracket coverage. He deserves to be double teamed. And then all of a sudden you have T. Higgins, which could go off for a big game as well, or Tyler Boyd. They have young talent, and they've got a lot of young talent. I think the Bengals are up and coming. I've been saying for months I'd take Burrow over Justin Herbert. But the popular sentiment is, well, let's go Justin Herbert. He's the Messiah. Now, give me Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert. He's got that moxie. He's got that swag. Joe Burrow's a winner. It, Justin Herbert's never done to the Chiefs what he did to the Chiefs today. Like, that's never happened. He had an opportunity to beat the Chiefs. Herbert didn't do it. Joe Burrow had the opportunity to beat the Chiefs, and he did it. It's a big difference between the two. But I'd go with Joe Burrow. And I remember draft night. When it came down here, I heard Mitch talking about their at the end of Chiefs postgame. And he's right. Because we sat here and people, we took calls and everything else. And the text line and Panay Sewell is still on the board. And here comes Jamar Chase. And, you know, the popular sentiment is the Bengals do need linemen, which is 100% true. Keep this in mind, too, because I've had this debate to Herbert uh, Burrow with people. They'll say, well, Burrow's got more weapons. True. But Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, no slouches, man. <laughs> but the Chargers' offensive line is better than this crap in Cincinnati. This offensive line is a liability. Joe Burrow's been sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL. They've given up the second most sacks total of any team in the National Football League. So don't spare me the whole Herbert's got better weapons or Burrow's got better weapons than Herbert. Well, look at the offensive line. The, the tale of two offensive lines. Burrow's a better quarterback, in my opinion. That's where it is. But the bottom line is they get the job done. Chiefs don't. Fish hitting was bad. Defensive play calling was bad. I get it. You want to get to the quarterback. They they have a vulnerable offensive line. You can get to the quarterback. Well, you don't do a cover zero blitz, and you don't go man with Shavarius Ward on Jamar Chase, the hottest wide receiver. And back to the draft, this this is the perfect fit, of course. So if he gets Jamar Chase, that is a combo to be reckoned with for a while. It's kind of like that Mahomes-Hill connection, Mahomes-Kelsey. You pair that one receiver with that quarterback – I mean, look at the great quarterbacks. I mean, they've got their guy. Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. He had two. Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, John Taylor. They had two. Jerry Rice is obviously the number one choice there. Marino, Duper, and Clayton. You could be good if you have your guy. And Jamar Chase had 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns his last year with Joe Burrow. Yes, that made 100% sense, and it's going to pay dividends. But you know what, Kramer? Now it's time to hear from everybody else. Let's go no huddle. 40, 35, 30, Cheetah at full speed, 10 to the 5-yard line. You play impress, the Cheetah will run you all the way around the earth. Taking your calls now at 913-576-7610. I know people are frustrated at this one. We're going to be on uh, for a while here. We're going to talk to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. We're going to talk to Josh Klingler, who's on the sidelines today for the Chiefs Radio Network, as we do each and every week. You know, who are you pinning this game on? Is this the, is this on Steve Spagnuolo, that defense? 
Is this, do we want to go on the refs? Because I'll actually buy it. I'm not usually blame the ref guy. 100% for it today. Down at the goal line, they just gave the Bengals, I mean, that fourth and one, twice. Unreal stuff that they were just given to the Bengals. The bad pass interference calls, you name it. There were plenty of calls to really look at with this. Nate Taylor even tweeted out, do the Nate Taylor show tomorrow night. He even tweets out, got to say this. Andy Reid's as furious as I've seen him after a game this season. Another reminder that close losses, losses such as this game often hurt more than the blowouts. Yeah, that's 100% true. Or when you, did you miss uh, Joe Burrow at the end of the game? Joe Burrow, when uh, he was doing his little speech there at the end, he acknowledged what was real. It's a great feeling. We got a little lucky at the end. We got some calls. <laughs> we got some calls. Uh, but sometimes you got to get a little lucky. We had a great drive. <laughs> Joe Burrow on CBS. We got calls. We got lucky. Of course they did. But that's just what happens. Again, the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know why this works out, but they're the fewest penalized team in the NFL. The Chiefs were doing good in that regards. They had bumped themselves up to 15th in the NFL in penalties. Just 96 on the season. 16th in penalty yardage. Wasn't meant to be for the Chiefs today. From the text line, 913-576-7610. Sorry, Bank, if we have to go on the road and win a playoff game, that will help our reputation that we can win on the road. Well, there's no question about the Chiefs on the road, by the way. You know, last year they did not lose a game on the road. They were 8-0. You know the year before they were 7-1 on the road? That's 15-1 on the road. Uh, yeah, they've taken a few hits on the road this year, but this team can and will win on the road. But it may not come to that. As the number two seed, you know, they'll play the first uh, wild card game in Kansas City. Then the following week would be in Kansas City. And then if the number one seed hasn't been knocked off, which happens all the time in the NFL, they would go to either Tennessee or New England, whoever is going to hold that spot as the number two seed. So, yeah, there's a real good chance they still play them all through Arrowhead Stadium. So, But the bottom line is they have to play that extra game. They have to play that extra game now, and I just know, no, no, that ESPN is going to throw them on Monday Night Football because they've got one of those wild card games there. Doesn't make a ton of sense. Why? But uh, it is the Kansas City Chiefs. They do drive ratings, so that would be my only problem with that as well. Let's go to Rashad in Kansas City. What's up, Rashad? Hey, how you doing? Uh, I just had a question. So now that since the Chiefs, uh, they kind of controlled their own destiny today, right? They did, uh, but that's gone. Right. So so what's the scenario now? Well, the scenario is now, I mean, they still won the AFC West. They can't take that away from them. They've won it six straight years. They're firmly planted as the number two seed unless the Texans knock off the Titans last week. Again, the Chiefs really needed a Dolphins win today because had oh. the Dolphins won, the Chiefs still would have been the number one seed. But the Dolphins didn't do the job. Of course, you can't always rely on others. So the Chiefs need the Texans to beat the Titans. But we just saw the Texans what beat the Chargers last week. So things do happen in the NFL. I wouldn't count on though. Right. Um, so it's not lost. They're still in the playoffs. I mean, it's, you know, only one team has to buy. I wish it was a situation where two teams had to buy, like 2019 when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, why'd they change that? Well, they just changed it. I mean, it is what it is, but one team gets to buy. Last year, the Chiefs got the one buy in the AFC. The Buccaneers, by the way, they did not get the buy. They didn't even win their division last year, but they still were able to put things together and win a Super Bowl. So it's not the right. end-all, be-all. It's not the end of the world. You didn't do it, but I felt that this team really could use a buy. 
Yeah, the officiating, by the way, was horrible today. There's there's not one good thing you can say about it. Andy Reid after the game, he's like, you know, I could get fined a lot today. Paraphrase him, yeah, but that's I, that's I what he's that. talking about. But yeah, I mean, the officiating was terrible. You go back and look at somebody's calls. Luxurious Sneed on a pass interference for for holding there. That was a completely ridiculous call. I'm still having having trouble figuring out that one. And then you look at what happened at the end of the game, the two fourth and ones by the Bengals. I mean, it's just a travesty. It yeah, was uh, Joe Burrow passed short left to Joe Mixon. Uh, penalty on Cincinnati for offensive holding, but no play because the penalty on Javarius Ward, defensive holding, offsetting. Then they go again for it on fourth to goal. Joe Burrow incomplete short left uh, to Boyd, but a penalty there on Legereus Sneed. Boom, first and goal. That's where they kneel. Chiefs run out of timeouts. They were, hey, I give the Bengals credit. They wasted the last six minutes of this game. Oh, yeah. They and they, they did it beautifully. They won the game. But third and 27, that you have to make them punt in that situation. You have to make them punt in that situation. I mean, that was unexcusable. The Chiefs gave up to Jamar. Jamar Chase was having a game. Why? He was already over 200 yards. No, no, you earmarked that guy. Some guys just, well, he's already a good receiver anyway. Let's face that. But some guys just get red hot. And you got to find a way to slow them down because they're just way too hot in this game. That was Jamar Chase. One-handed grabs, you name it. He was coming down with the football. People laughed at this guy before the season started. They think he'd catch the ball. <laughs> Who's laughing now? Jamar Chase is. Let's go to Mike in Blue Springs. What's up, Mike? Yeah, hey, Big. How's it going? Good on. Um, yeah, you know, you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth actually just now. I, I was calling about that third down. Uh, play third and 27. I mean, the guy had already put up 200-plus yards on us, but for some reason he's in single coverage, and we didn't, we couldn't even put a safety on him. Unfathomable. It, it was ridiculous. Like, and, I mean, it, it's just certain certain plays like that is what's going to kind of change the change the narratives of, of the games. I mean, I'm still still confident, though, um, with the team. Um, you know, it, it would be nice to have a first-round bye, but, you know, th- they're still looking really good, and the uh, the Bengals they're they're a really good football team um, and they were talking about all before the game how they're like the first maybe they're like a year early of where they should be um, no they're they're definitely a good football team so um, yeah the loss is a disappointment but we played them close and um, you know they'll they'll put it together and we'll we'll take a good deep run in the in the playoffs so thanks for taking the call I hope so thank you yeah I mean the place will be fun this is a team again the Chiefs they've won eight of the, eight of the last nine Cincinnati who's at home. An incredibly good football team with a lot, a lot of young talent. It's a good team with a good quarterback, right? And Zach Taylor, the former Nebraska quarterback, remember when Zach Taylor played for Bill Callahan? Well, he's turned out to be a pretty good coach now, isn't he? You know, the whole whole coach of the year thing. I mean, I've been advocating for Andy Reid getting it because he's the only one at once. But how about throw Zach Taylor's name in there? I haven't really heard it much. I keep hearing all this crap about Harbaugh, blah, blah, blah. He's had injuries and COVID and all this. How about this guy? How about Zach Taylor? When I put him up there. Let's go to uh, Riley in Independence. What's up, Riley? Or Wesley. I'm sorry, Wesley. Wesley, um, thanks. Uh, so I don't know if you caught uh, Andy Reid's interview, but he was asked two or three times uh, why he didn't let them score. And he says, oh, because they got a first down. Well, before they got that first down, they tried to hold him, but the problem is is you're running the clock down. They, they, did, they, they didn't want to score. I mean, it's, it even, he even said it at the end. He said they, they weren't even trying to score. So he said they played it right. They played it right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, it didn't matter. The Cincinnati Bengals weren't going to score. Yeah. Well, they they played exactly the way they should have been. I mean, they did. I mean, again, I think Cincinnati all around 
I mean, I love the uh, the gonads going for it there at the end. You know, Tony Roman was kind of joking, saying, yeah, I would go for it. Then he said, nah, I'd kick the field goal once he thought about it. But his initial response was he'd go for it there. He'd go for it in that situation. And again, just like the color call before, you know, the Bengals, maybe they are one year ahead of the game. I really like the young talent on that team. But again, if we want to talk about all those calls on Algeria Sneed, I mean, that horse collar tackle, they ended up calling that officially in the books, that horse collar tackle. Second 11 at Kansas City 20. Ended up giving him a, a first and goal at Casey at the Kansas City 7. But that horse collar tackle was bogus. His hand was on his shoulder pads. Like, I'm still trying to figure that one out. I mean, it looked bad at the beginning. But, again, it's just call after call after call. Wasn't good. And they even had a false start. They didn't even call. So, again, we could talk about officiating. But this time, I think it applies. I'm sure everyone knows that the number one seed is out because there's no way that, uh, that they're going to sweep twice against the Titans. So I'm going to say we're just going to hold on to our road game if we have to, unless someone knocks Titans out uh, when they come in. No, 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 kid. You know the Chiefs are the Chiefs are going to be a team that no one wants to see play. Yeah, we're, the Texans right now <laughs> they're giving everything to the 49ers. 49ers a decent team at eight and seven, but the, the 49ers are punks though because they couldn't beat the uh, Titans a couple weeks ago and they're up ten to nothing. But they're holding on. No, but yes, the Texans have beaten the Titans this year. Do we expect it to happen twice? I don't know, man. It's football. Let's hope for it to happen. But the Chiefs, unfortunately, don't control their own destiny at number one seed. But, again, who do you want to not play in the playoffs? I guarantee you people watch this Bengals game. Even Joe Burrow said they got lucky. I mean, that would be a hell of a game with the Chiefs and Bengals part two. I'm just saying, if you're in the AFC looking at that, the Chiefs didn't have this crappy loss. You know, they weren't struggling to get a win today like the Buccaneers did over the Jets where Antonio Brown quit in the middle of the game. Like, they barely won that game 20-24. to The Chiefs were at least playing a lot better team on the road than the Cincinnati Bengals. These other teams just have crap plays all the way around. We come up next to the Mazarese Jewelry Play of the Game, and we'll talk to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Chiefs, next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Tune in Mondays at 2.15 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It's the play of the game. At the 40, 45, Hartman in midfield, 45, 40, two blocks, 30, 25, jet fuel. is taken into the end zone. Corner pattern near side. Kelsey reaches up and makes the grab. Touchdown, Kansas City. Brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry. For four generations, bringing the world's most distinct jewelry to Kansas City. Darrell Williams, single setback to the left of Mahomes. Ball snapped on the near hash. They give Mahomes time for the end zone. He throws and it's caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Demarcus Robinson. On an outside, inside, outside, inside move, the Chiefs had time to get your Dino route for a touchdown on a triple move to Demarcus Robinson. That was uh, some great footwork by Mahomes in the pocket. I really like the route that Demarcus Robinson did there. But that's the play of the game brought to you by Masary's Jewelry for four generations, bringing the world's most distinct jewelry to Kansas City. Always tough with those. Always tough when you have to come up with a play of the game and it's a loss. But for the first time in two months, the Chiefs lost, and they lost a close one for myriad of different reasons. But joining us now, the sideline reporter and co-host of Fesco in the Morning, Josh Klingler. What's up, Kling? First off, can I tell you that before the game, 
I saw Mitch drawing that play on a piece of paper for Danon. And he said, what is what did you call this play when they ran this route in your playing days? And I ducked out of the conversation then because I thought I was getting too geeky. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, the Chiefs ran that same play for a touchdown today. So What did he call it, the Mitch, Dino? Yeah, the Dino play, Dino. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they were drawing it up before the game, and I guess the Chiefs were planning on running it. So uh, Mitch had it, I guess. Well, I'm glad we called that play of the game the Dino play. They there didn't mention it at the very end of the game. But, man, Kling, what a just unfortunate series of events. I mean, you know, the Chiefs have had some very good days and things go their direction. But it doesn't get any worse than losing a nail-biter for Cincinnati. One of those games you hate to watch game film because all the penalties and you name them. But the fact you lost that coveted number one seed where Andy Reid is so good after the bye. And let's face it, this team could use some rest more than the other team in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, or just having the advantage of being able to play at home again, right? I mean, I think we've become accustomed to playing a whole bunch of playoff games at home, and so why not put yourself in a spot to do that and not have to go rematch possibly Tennessee on the road where you've already lost? Uh, it's just damaging to lose another AFC game, too, because they have lost a bunch of games to teams that are contenders in the AFC, right? So they're going to have to win some rematch games in the postseason to avenge these kind of AFC losses. So uh, calamity of things went on, I'm sure. I mean, I've my phone's been blowing up. I'm sure yours has been yeah. blowing up the text line, the callers about the referees. And, look, that crew wasn't very good. The, a lot of the calls were going on the opposite side of the field from the Chiefs bench over on the Cincinnati sideline. And, boy, there was, there was something that that ref over there specifically was seeing because he kept throwing penalties. And then... Um, but but I'll also point to hey you got to get a stop on third and twenty seven that's ridiculous and you got to score more than three points after halftime I mean this team was cruising offensively in the first half and then absolutely hit the skids and so um, in a game where you're playing a very high powered offense you got to keep the throttle down they didn't keep the throttle down and scored just again at one field goal in the second half uh, that can't happen what's Dave Vermeil say it comes down to one or two plays and you look at just a one or two plays, sorry, that Byron Pringle that was called back, that 89-yard touchdown that came from nowhere. And, I mean, people weren't expecting that one. Then, all of a sudden, they have the ball still 65 yards down the field to Tyreek Hill drop. Those two plays coupled with that yeah. third and 27, I think could sum up this game in a nutshell. Well, and there was, another, there was another sequence in the second half where they were running the football very well, had a second and two, and ended up punting. You know, you're like a drive yeah, completely stalled when you were just running the football. You got an eight-yard carry from Daryl Williams. You got second and two, and you end up punting on that drive. You're like, okay, you got to keep moving the sticks. And so, yeah, there's there was a bunch of plays that they're going to look back on and really shake their head about. was not a good day for the secondary. Those wide receivers are really good, by the way. I mean, <laughs> go ahead and be jealous. I think, I think if there's a wish list for Chiefs fans, it's a, uh, I want that guy that you can just throw the ball up and he'll go get it. Uh, type uh, wide receiver. I think everybody's looking for that, right, in addition to kind of speed and what have you, because the Bengals have that. Those those wideouts are really, really good. So not a good day for the secondary, not a good day for the communication in the back end of the defense, and then not a good second half for the offense. So there's a lot of uh, pointing that can go around and then, you know, throw in where you are with the, with the referees. I tend to not be a person that blames says blame the rest, but they weren't good. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to not going to argue they were good in this game. No, I'm the same way. I was like, you know what? I, I've, I've refrained from blaming the officials. A lot of these games. You want to today? Go ahead. 
because they, they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible in this game. But I'll say this, too. I always like to look at young quarterbacks and think about Mahomes and, you know, who he's going to have in the future as a big rival from that Manning kind of type of Brady rivalry. I like this Burrow kid, man. I even like him better than Justin Herbert. I don't know what it is, but he's got this moxie about him where he, he doesn't have fear, and he's been sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL, but he doesn't play with any fear at all. I like the kid. I, I, this might be the one of them. I, mean, I know Josh Allen's out there, Lamar Jackson, but I kind of like this kid better than Justin Herbert. That that sack number is an interesting one because we've seen quarterbacks be ruined by early yeah, sacks in their 100%. careers, right? And they never come back from it. And Burrow seems like he's just, eh, just kind of brushes it off and moves on to the next play. It's got a lot of composure. It's got a lot of moxie. I'll be interested to see how hurt he is. He was pretty beat up in this game, and so uh, they're obviously going to need him for 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 their fortunes. But did clinch the uh, you know the division title today, which was which was huge for them. And again, uh, an AFC loss is is damaging. I mean, they've lost too many of these games this year. They haven't lost a ton of games, right? But these a- AFC losses to all yeah. teams that are going to be in the uh, postseason. So you're going to have to do some rematching come come uh, playoff time. As far as the offense concerned, Kling, I mean, you look at the first half, the Chiefs had 28 points, probably could have been more. We make a real case it's 35 points in the first half. So I, I don't know, but they parlayed two, two-and-a-half games, and then they were kind of thwarted. But I guess looking at the running game, at 88 yards from Darrell Williams, this is the fourth-best run defense in the NFL Cincinnati had. So I guess that was a positive. Yeah. And if you would have gotten out of this game with a win and your two tackles are out. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Um, yeah, yeah. You'd have been you'd have been doing something. Like, you'd have went, wow, what an amazing ability to get away with what they got away with with those injuries and just couldn't make up for it today. Tooney did a nice job, I thought, on, on the outside. But they got to get Orlando Brown back, and hopefully that that's not serious. And obviously Niang's is a little bit more, but you do have Andrew Wiley that have been playing that tackle spot anyway. But had you gotten away with it in this particular game and said, boy, look look at all these moves, and still the offense was, was chugging like it was, you'd have felt pretty good about it. So um, it stinks to have this one. I mean, ultimately the, the, the number one seed, you, you put yourself in a real bad spot. Um, come next week to have to to win and and get help and heck by the time the Chiefs kick off they they might actually know that fate anyway. Well, Clay, I know you have to get back to Kansas City, but I hope I hope I hope you can stop by Skyline Chili before you leave. Um, I I look forward to coming back to Cincinnati when they're open. I, I we got here on January first, and yeah, I know right, Kansas City luck. was a little bit tough like luck. this too, but. Everything was closed on January first, and so couldn't get couldn't get my chili, uh, my two chili dogs. I was counting on. Yeah, I'll I mean, have to do that another time. There's people that don't like it and hate everything. You know how it works. This world works. People hate everything. But I'm mm-hmm. just saying, you know what? I did like it. Beauty's and I, the holder. Obviously, they do well enough to have several restaurants. So they must be doing something right. So try them out sometime. Yeah, I had I had think four or five within walking distance yeah. of our hotel all closed yesterday. <laughs> Cling, take care. Be be careful on your way back to Kansas City. We'll uh, hear from you tomorrow. Sounds good. Thanks, Pink. There you go, Kling, right there, Josh Klingler. He's the uh, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs. You can hear that game on our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf. And, of course, we carry pregame, postgame, and all the interviews throughout the week, including Mahomes tomorrow at 2.15 with Carrington Harrison right here on 610 Sports Radio. Let's go real quick back to the phone lines. Let's go to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? 
Hey, Ben Kai, you doing? Yeah, it was a frustrating game, but a decent offense did enough to win. But I tell you something, yeah, it looked like that Snake was going for the shoulder. I was so frustrated. Why would they call that? Snake got a few of them. Yeah, didn't cost a horse car tackle and uh, and uh, Fenton. I don't know. Fenton was kept clapping. I thought it would be on the Bengals, but you know, but it was frustrating. But hey, it's well. Let's still. I hope so next week that the. Yeah, the Texans pull up the upset. But even if we are the two seed bank, will we get a couple of home games? Well, you do get uh, you do get the yeah. wild card game at home, and then if you go the divisional round, you get that at yeah. home where they would have to go on the road. Is providing oh, yeah. Tennessee keeps rolling and wins their divisional round game because they'll get that by. You would have to go to Tennessee for the AFC title game. Now, if for some reason they lost their divisional game, which anything's on the table for Tennessee. I mean, Deontay oh, yeah. Foreman. And Hilliard are the running backs. But they say they could get Derrick Henry back next week. Now, what will his effectiveness be? We don't know. But try to force Tannehill into a situation to beat you. So the Chiefs did. He ended up beating them. So, who knows? But there could be a possibility it all goes through Arrowhead. But as of right now, they'd at least have two at home. Yeah, I don't mind. You see it anyway. Take care of something. Take care. All right. Take care, Dan. Take care, Dan. Dan right there. But, yeah, it's kind of wild situation what goes on. Really, I mean, <laughs> how about those Raiders, man? Raiders finding a way to win today. That Chargers-Raiders game next week sets up uh, for a lot of fun, including seventh seed because they beat the Chargers coming to Kansas City for round number three with the Chargers. That's an interesting game. It's always a tough game for the Chiefs. Let's go to Fred in Overland Park. What's up, Fred? Yeah, I don't ever call about refs. In fact, up until three weeks ago when I called in, it had been the Rams-Saints playoff game where uh, blind people were calling in saying they saw the call. So I called in three weeks ago. It had nothing to do with Chiefs games. I've seen, I watch all the elite teams playing. I watch a hell of a lot of NFL games. There are plays that calls are not being called that if it would have been in public, they would have been charged with assault or rape. There are ones that there's nowhere even near anybody. Fred, yes, officiating is terrible this year in the NFL. It's terrible. But do you remember when the refs went on strike? You guys cried because you won them back. Like that, that's, that's the part that killed me is when the refs were on strike and everybody's crying, oh, we want the officials back. Oh, we want the officials back. Why? So you have somebody to bitch about? They all suck. Yeah, but we're seeing, again, one missed call. It, it can be real close. Was he the glitz guy? Was the, the push-off a blind person could have snapped? It's just, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm not a conspiracy ref person. It was These bad, guys Fred. Are starting to look like they work for look the, at the, look at the Look at the false start. Look at the false start. You're getting kind of conspiracy on me here for a little bit, though. But we'll get the false start by the goal line. Should have been called on the Bengals. But it wasn't called. And Legereus Steen got a couple phantom calls on him. It's called football, you know. You got to be, even Tony Romo. I mean, he calls it like he sees it. He's like, that's not a penalty. That's a terrible call. That's a terrible call. Joe Burrow even said at the end of the game, yeah, we got a little bit lucky. Had some calls going our way. But that's the story of the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals. Make no mistake about it. Fewest penalties in all the NFL. Fewest penalty yards in the NFL. And it's not even that close. The football gods are smiling on Cincinnati. And you know what? The Chiefs didn't have them smiling on them today. It finally caught up to them. All those early season tough losses to the Ravens. Could this end up come back and biting them with the, with the playoff seeding? Well, the Ravens have just kind of been treading water. The Titans, same thing, but the Titans beat the Chiefs 27-3. It's like, all right, that's a bad loss to a team that the Chiefs 
could have playoff implications with. Then the Buffalo Bills lost. It was before the Titans lost, but playoff-type games. Like, eventually, one of those are going to bite you. But the Chiefs had been able to outrun it. The Chiefs were able to outrun trouble. And it was behind them. And they controlled their own destiny. Win today. Win in, win in Denver next week. You don't have to worry about these teams. All those losses go away. It doesn't matter anymore that you lost to those teams. It doesn't. Because the Chiefs control their own destiny. And by losing today, myriad of different reasons, they don't control their own destiny anymore. And that part is what hurts if you're a Kansas City Chiefs player, coach, or fan. Neil, Lone Jack, what's up? Hey, brother. Man, I am so annoyed. Um, I really expected this game not to be easy, but I expected them to assert their dominance, prove that we are the class of the AFC, prove that our defense is 100% real and that nobody can. And then just, and I talked to you earlier in the year, Bank, about reputation. And I think reputation is so important, especially in the playoffs, especially when you're going up against the likes of Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I think the referee screwed us last year in the Super Bowl. And I think they screwed us today. But now, having said that, there are plenty of other reasons why we lost this game. But I just, I, my question is this. After the last eight weeks, of what we've done on defense, why is that not has why has that not been enough to prove to the referees of the NFL that we are a good defense? Some of those calls were some of the biggest bull crap calls I've ever seen, and it directly led to their go ahead score, and it just drives me insane to well, know that, that did that did plus the third and twenty seven single man coverage of Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah. it was self inflicted stupidity. Well, that is that is. You can't, you can't blame point. the officials on that one. That was on Spagnola. That was on Spags and Andy. The entire second half, they should have been doubling his side of the field, and and Tyron was the one that screwed up that play. He was he was the guy probably that really should have been um, more towards that side of the field, going towards. You know, initially I was thinking they should have been more aggressive and they should have blitzed more. They were blitzing on that play. They brought the house on that play. Oh, yeah. And yet they should have still had somebody over there doubling Jamar Chase. That was inexcusable. That's egregious. That's on Spags. That's on Andy. That's one of the biggest reasons they lost this game is that they refused to double-team that guy who was destroying us. Well, I think, but, I think even Andy Reid would agree with you. I think he even knows, he even said it. Um, Nate Taylor even said, you know, he's about as mad – his will ever see Andy Reid after a game, but even Andy um, even acknowledged that, yeah, probably could have used a little bit more help on that. I'm sorry, but some, when some people just are just having a game, they just got it. I don't care who they are, what their name is, what their draft pick is, how much money they make. If someone's dominating, do something about it. Like, exactly. don't, don't get embarrassed. Don't let one guy embarrass you. Like, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Make an adjustment. Bill Belichick would have never let Jamar Chase have the second half that he had after having the first half that he had. That was inexcusable. And also, I agree with um, Kling, um, and other people have made this point too. I mean, it's kind of inexcusable for the offense to score three points in the second half. I mean, one drive when you punt, that's fine. I understand. But then well, they only had three drives. Plays. That's embarrassing too. There's a, there's a few plays, and, and Patrick is not completely absolved of it. On the third and five with six minutes to go in the game, and they brought the house, Patrick could have had a hot read on that play, and he didn't. And he should have been – he could have been – Or he could have completed a 65-yard pass down the field and Tyreek Hill dropped it. Exactly, that too. And Tyreek drops the ball. 
Travis dropped the ball on the previous drive. Which would have put him over about 330 yards. And he I, would, expected, yeah. I expected this team to come out today and play championship football and prove that they are the class of the AFC, and they screwed up, they dropped yeah. the ball, and now we're stuck with the second seed. I'm not afraid to go on the road, especially the Tennessee, no? but today really freaking sucks. Yeah, it does, man. But, I mean, here's the thing. This team is going to two straight Super Bowls. You know, you're still going to see some playoff action. And who knows? Remember the Bucks last year? They didn't get the one seed. That was Green Bay. The Bucs didn't win their division. They had to go on the road each week in the playoffs. At least the Chiefs will be home. It's just you got to dive in and dig in and get more football. Get more football going forward. It's not the end of the world. I mean, the Chiefs, they did this to themselves. They put themselves in this uh, situation. They can get themselves out. I like how motivated this team can be. Again, this team was three and four. Then they win eight straight games. And then they lose this one. They've been so good in the months of December and January. They just don't lose. And they lost today in a, in a nail-biter. And as far as the perception game, yeah. The Bengals will get loved up tomorrow on ESPN. Undisputed. Shannon Sharp probably can't wait to start licking Burrow's feet. I mean, they're probably calling Cowherd. They're going to start uh, you know, bouquets of flowers. You name it to Joe Burrow. But you're going to see that tomorrow. It's going to make you sick. Because they're going to be loving up the Bengals. And you know what? That's good. I mean, Saban always calls uh, from Alabama rat poison when teams are writing, when they're writing good things about you. But the rat, that's the rat poison. But the rat poison, in this case, he's the underdog in the national title game. You know what? He loves it. He likes when you start to talk good, bad about him because teams could thrive on that. I think rat poison could be when people tell you how good you are all the time. But the Bengals are going to get a heavy dose of how good they are. See if they could take it because you know what? No one else in the AFC can handle it. They all get to the top of the mountain, they all fail. They get there and they find a way to fail because they just can't handle the rat poison. Rick in Connecticut. What's up, Rick? Well, uh, how you doing, Big? Just uh, before I make my comment, uh, what you've been saying, this uh, they were a little complacent. They got the big lead and everything. Maybe after winning eight in a row, a little humility. This, this may help them in the long run. But the reason I called is we're talking about the referees. You know, throughout sports history, there have been scandals. You had the, the Black Sox in baseball. You had the point shaving in, in in college basketball, you had the in football, um, Paul Horning and all that stuff that happened. They've got to be very careful with the prominence of gambling right now in sports. The NFL ought to be very, very careful because the referees. Oh, I'm sure gamblers are pissed at this game. No, no, I'm talking about referees. Oh yeah, I was say these referees. These referees are terrible. They should not be allowed to call a postseason game. Honestly, they should be suspended or fired and never allowed to call a, a postseason game this year. That's how bad they were. They were so bad, and, and again, I'm not the kind. I usually let that go. I always laugh at other fans so do I. and blame refs, but this was horrible. It was, it was terrible. I mean, it, what's funny is because even Kling, when I had Josh Kling, I was like, you know, I hate to blame the officials. I hate to be that guy. I do, too. Like, I hate being that guy, too. But it was so egregious. There's so many bad calls. Like, at some point, like, let them play football. And if you're going to call false starts, call it on them. They're halfway across the line of scrimmage. You're not calling it on the goal line. Why? Because you let them play football in the goal line. But you're not going to let the Chiefs play football in the goal line and call ticky-tack pass interference. Is that, is that what we're doing? Is that what we're doing here, refs? But you know, those refs should not call any postseason games. I mean, that was that was uh, utterly ridiculous. Cameron, St. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, Bing. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you guys have already mentioned a lot of the points I was going to bring up. Uh, but 
like Kling said, there were just so many things, a lot of plays you could look back on in that game. Uh, so it's tough to just name one play. But uh, what did you think of the uh, the hold? I think that's what it was on uh, Zane Anderson on the kick return. That, that would have been a huge play in the game. It was. I don't think it may. I, yeah, you know, I saw it. Um, that easily could have been called. I get that. I mean, it was a tough call. Um, but it was a huge call, 89 yards. I mean, that was a touchdown right there. I think that would have been the difference in the football game. Uh, but then they did get another opportunity and then dropped the opportunity. 65 yards down the air. I would not have called that if I was if I was making the call, but that's just me. Yep. I would not have uh, made that call. Would not have made that call. Let's go to Brady and KCK. What's up, Brady? Hey, how we doing, Bing? Doing well. How are you? Uh, a little frustrated, a little frustrated. I, I, but I'm also not going to get out here and point out the bad things. Let's also not remember KC fans. Couple now. Six weeks ago in the city, we were questioning if we were even going to be making the playoffs. So let's be happy. We have this eight-win streak. We'll put this one on the referees. I also want to bring up how irate it is that this team cannot play complimentary football. It doesn't matter if they come out hot in the first half. They won't come out hot in the second half. They come out cold in the first half. They might come out hot in the second half. That, that just is from week to week, year to year, really. It's just that's what I really noticed. I will never, ever get through my head why Spags sent the house on a third and 20 when Jamar Chase was well over the 200 mark. But, you know, you live and you learn. I'm not angry at the loss at all. The last couple know. weeks, though, we've been playing good complimentary football. Agreed, 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 agreed. But that's all I got, Bing. Okay, uh, no, good call, good call. John Hussey and the officials are really a big part of what went wrong in this game. Thank you for the call. Let's go to CJ in Kansas City. What's up, CJ? Beagle Meister, what's up, my man? What's up, buddy? Man, it's chilling. Uh, finishing my head and wising. Not really tripping about this game right now. That's the way but I have a pound that, uh, pound that man. Oh, oh man, uh, 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 your spot, uh, Casey, uh, uh, Bury, uh, and wising, man, one of the best, man. Oh, Ron Torbert, excuse me, Ron Torbert, because Hussey was supposed to call the game, but then Torbert ended up working the game today. But go ahead, go ahead. I'm just talking oh, to myself. Oh, I'm just yeah, talking to myself and, with uh, the officials. I'm, well, yeah, and I'm feeling uh, Romo a bit more now. He's doing a better job to me. Hey, man, uh, I don't think that we could not hold Chase. I just think that we didn't, but you kind of covered that already. And uh, But my big thing I wanted to say to you for the past few weeks they, uh, is that don't you love the way uh, that they're using the fullback? And, and, you know, it's a copycat league. Uh, you always talk about that. Do you think that the rest of the league, you know, the other teams will start – emulating some of the fullback usage. Well, I, I like the way they do it because I like, you know, hearing the term physical team now. I mean, I love when I hear the Chiefs being described nationally as a physical team because that's what they are. They're a lot more physical than they used to be. This used to be kind of a finesse offense, but they can be a physical offense. I mean, you look at guys like Creed Humphrey. They're like the pancake players down the ground. You know, uh, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, same type of philosophy. Orlando Brown, when he's in the game. Of course, that was a big miss for the Chiefs, too, not having Orlando Brown. And then with Lucas Niang getting hurt there at the beginning, and all of a sudden you got Allegretti in there in the guard, and you have Joe Tooney. Props to him for stepping out of tackle. Did not give up a sack. These Bengals are very good at giving, uh, getting to the quarterback. What their uh, seventh in the NFL sacking the quarterback. They can do it. I totally agree with you, Bink. I know a few uh, weeks ago uh, I called uh, your show after I saw the Green Bay Packers in the uh, – in the Cardinals game, and I said to you, uh, "Can we beat these guys because they're just too physical?" Now we can't say that. And but what they're using the running the fullback, it's like 
they're handing up to him and he's blocking, but they're also passing to him, kind of like they did Sherman, and they're keeping that thing going. So uh, I just love that, man. I know we lost today, man, but hey, man, what can I say, man? I still got Heffenweizen left, and I know that uh, Arrowhead Drive is going to get a bunch of letters from the uh, from the refs. Uh, uh, yeah, John Hussey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just sit back and uh, chill and wait for these letters to come in, and I'll feel good with it. And they apologize and just tell them to do a better job next time, you know? All right, CJ, enjoy that beer. Enjoy that beer. Hey, thanks, bro. You too, my man. Take care. Take care. And happy New Year to you too as well, CJ. Coming up next, though, we'll talk to the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, and give you an injury report next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Tune in Mondays at 7.30 for our weekly conversation with Derek Johnson on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Here's Jay Binkley. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Chiefs lose a close one. Cincinnati nail-biter, a frustrating one to be sure. To the Cincinnati Bengals, 34-31, but more was lost today, too including a ever-so-important bye week where this team's had more wear and tear on any team in the National Football League going to the Super Bowl twice in a row in the title game and any read success after the bye weeks. All kind of out the window unless the Texans can beat the Titans, which it is football. You never know what could happen. But joining us now, the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. What's up, Pete? How you doing, Jay? Hey, Pete. I hate to blame the officiating. I hate to talk about officials. Uh, I was talking about the officials with Kling. He even said he hates to talk about the officiating. But uh, looking at your tweets, you were frustrated. I was frustrated. I guess uh, Ron Torbert stepped in for John Hussey. It was Torbert that was the guy. I think most of the crew was Hussey's. I, I, I don't know why he was replaced, though. Was it? Uh, do you know the reasons why he was replaced and when it was? Not quite sure uh, of that. I wonder if potentially COVID type news, but certainly yeah. had an impact um, it did. on the game. This was called really strict. And you know, unfortunately, sometimes the way those, those things tend to break, it, it did really feel like it was even stricter for the Kansas city chiefs uh, in this game in particular. No, it was. What, what do you think, uh, Pete? I mean, I, I look at this game really comes down to two or three plays, obviously Pringle, uh, that 89 yard touchdown coming back. That would have, I think been huge for the Kansas city chiefs, but they had another opportunity. They threw it downfield. Tyreek Hill just dropped it. So that was in the first half. And then the second half, you had the third and 27. I think those three plays in particular, that was the game in a nutshell. Yeah, to me, the big one was the third and 27. And I think you're you're watching what's transpiring in this game. And you have Jamar Chase. And if you're an NBA fan or even just a casual sports fan, it's playing basically like LeBron James, and rather than them giving him any kind of attention on the third and very long, they leave him with one-on-one coverage and bring the house. And one of Joe Burrow's um, major positives is that he can recognize that very quickly, and so goes right back to Chase, and and then that, that to me, was the game right there. The drive kept on going, and they were able to, to bleed the clock. I mean, you think about all the penalties, and I know that, that's for sure going to come up. You could even tell in um, 
as many words as he was willing to say. Andy Reid was not happy with some <laughs> of the calls, but you know the the Chiefs it still came down to a three point game, right? Um, you know, you make one play, you you make one decision better, uh, and all of a sudden you end up winning. You know, it doesn't really matter about all the the penalties. So I don't know. I I know it was bad. I don't like to blame penalties. If the Chiefs simply stop the the Bengals on third and twenty seven, they probably win the football game. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Jamar Chase is dominating. You're kind of like, why? How do they dominate him? Why do you let one guy dominate you in these games, Pete? And you know, you look at this game, and finally. Football caught up to the Chiefs. They were out, out, out to, able to outrun their trouble with the Ravens and Titans and Bills and the rearview mirror. Those losses didn't matter because they controlled their own destiny. Well, things do change quickly in the National Football League. They don't have that bye anymore. But when you watch this game and you see the young skill positions of the Bengals, and I will say this, they are the fewest penalized team in the NFL, fewest penalties and the fewest penalty yards, and that showed today. For some reason, the football gods are on their side. I have no idea why, but they've been on their side all season. What, what do you make of the Bengals? I mean, is this a team that you feel could be a threat in the AFC? Because nobody's been talking about them. You know, it, it seems like they may be. I mean, I could I could certainly see them winning in the playoffs. They're a, a division winner. Uh, I think a big thing for them is they, they have a quarterback um, that I think is proving that he's among the upper echelon of the, the National Football League and you have the division, or I should say, the defense playing playing well enough, and uh, this this connection between Burrow and the receivers, <laughs> it, it's something, man. It, it really reminds me of, um, you know, what the Chiefs have going, and maybe to an extent what the Cowboys have going with their uh, quarterback and skill position players. You saw that, you know, they have an ability to put up points. Uh, a little maddening that the Chiefs didn't make a proper adjustment and continue to leave Traverius Ward on an island. Uh, felt like that was obvious, you know, even to the to the average fan or, or follower of the of the sport. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Bengals are legitimate. Now, do I see them um, threatening to win the AFC? I don't know if I'm willing to say that, but I I definitely think they, they, a team the Chiefs are going to see uh, as the years go on now. Because the the thing about Burrow and, and Chase and and the cast is they're they're young. They're in their twenties, their early twenties, mid twenties. Uh, so they're not going anywhere. No, they're not. What'd you make of the Chiefs' offense, Pete? Obviously, uh, they hit those twenty-eight points. Could maybe I think get up to thirty-five if Tyree Kill catches that ball in the first half. I mean, they went dormant in the second half, only three possessions, but they ran the ball effectively. I mean, this is a game where Clyde wasn't going to play, and you notice it because Darrell Williams has the eighty-eight yards rushing. This Bengals team was fourth in the NFL at stopping the run. Like that's a part they were actually very good at. But I felt that, that first half, the Chiefs. Picked up right where they left off the last couple of games, just scoring at will. Like I feel like the offense has gotten back to that point where you really trust them. Well, I think we're at a point where Patrick Mahomes can control the games again. Uh, I know it ended up getting away from them uh, in this one, but for you know a large part of the game, the Chiefs were in control and uh, scoring touchdowns, not even just field goals, scoring touchdowns, four touchdown drives in a row. I think the thing that was positive, like if you're looking for positives in this game, it's right now with, with this offensive line, even without Lucas Yang, I, I think you're okay there. I think that offensive line today was good enough. And uh, against a tough run defense in the Bengals, uh, the Chiefs were able to get quite a few yards on, on their carries. And I think they remained true to that balance. And uh, you ended up seeing uh, some success there in the first half. Now, you needed that to continue in the second half because of the type of game that it turned into. But I thought it was a step in the right direction for Patrick Mahomes and company. It's being able to score touchdowns and being comfortable with that stemming from 
a balanced attack, but then um, also to, I think, uh, Mahomes being a little bit more methodical um, and, and taking things in the intermediate and, and being selective about when they go down the field. If you're selective of, of when you go down the field, you'll have these one-on-one opportunities that we saw today. This offensive line was very bizarre, Pete, at the beginning of the game. Obviously, Orlando Brown, really late scratch, where he was thrown on questionable because of that calf. And then all of a sudden, you saw Niang, and then he gets hurt in the situation. Now, this is the seventh-best team in the NFL in getting sacks, and the Bengals didn't allow one today. And he had Andrew Wiley on the right side, but then you saw Joe Tooney have to split out, and he did a great job of tackle, in my opinion, with Allegretti filling in for a guard. But one of the guys, Prince Tega Wanagu, was inactive today, and Kyle Long was inactive. Two guys that might have been active because they probably would have used them in this game. I am interested kind of what the Chiefs are going to do at left tackle going forward because I don't know the extent of Orlando Brown, uh, his injury. Is he going to play for the, against the Broncos and going forward? Because this could develop into a problem for the Chiefs. Caps are fickle, so we'll have to see. Um, we'll, we'll have more information, I would guess, on that front on Wednesday about Orlando Brown. Um, sometimes you find things out by accident, and I, I was left wondering if Joe Tooney is the best left tackle on this football team after that game. And, um, you know, that kind of plays into roster building and the future of this team. Uh, but I, I think he was good enough for now, even if Brown has to miss time, so long as Tooney is healthy, I think you feel good there. And Allegretti, to me, um, is a player that the Chiefs like. He has started at left guard before, so I, Again, I think you're okay. Now, another injury or two, you're going to be feeling like it's last year again because uh, it gets thin. I do wonder about Tego Inogo. I feel like if he had been active, he might have been the next man up rather than bringing Allegretti in and making Joe Tooney change positions. Maybe they just would have put Tego Inogo at tackle. Not an option, and you find out that Tooney can do the job as well. Pete, always good stuff. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday, Arrowhead Pride Radio. Of course, you're on at uh, 8 o'clock. With Fesco in the morning, the first time you're on this week, then 3 o'clock with the drive on Wednesday. So we'll talk to you then, Pete. All right. There you go, Pete Sweeney right there. Everybody's down, man. Everybody, you can tell their voice. I think people are going to be down tomorrow, Kramer. They're going back to work. First of all, they don't want to go back to work after the holiday week. Because they had Christmas, they had the uh, New Year's holiday, nobody wants to go back. I mean, nobody wants to go back to work anyway, but it's something everybody does. But now when you have this loss, and the fact that you lost, the number one seed. Well, guess what? You're getting wild card action now. You're getting some extra football at the at this point now and a couple of home games for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm, you know, unless the, unless the Texans, they did beat the Titans back on November 21st. So they did beat the Titans then. But you got to hope that that happens again this week and the Chiefs beat the Broncos. You could be looking at a situation where you're, all right, okay, wild card. I think ESPN will take that and put them on, on Monday Night Football, but that's just me going there. Andy Reid. Had some big things to say about this game. What exactly in the best of moods? Uh, Andy Reid spoke after the game. Let's go and hear from the head coach after the game. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Big Red. Um, as far as the injuries go, uh, Lucas Yang um, tore his uh, patellar tendon is what it looks like. And then Orlando Brown had a calf strain uh, that he got in uh, pregame warm-ups there. Uh, listen, I mean, uh, as far as the game goes, uh, Cincinnati did a heck of a job. Um, uh, but when, when you have the lead, uh, you want to keep the lead. So we stalled the first couple series uh, on the offensive side of the ball in the third quarter. And, um, and then we had too many big plays on the defensive side. Um, obviously, Chase had a, um, had a big day uh, today. 
Uh, Daryl Williams, I thought, played well. He had, he had a lot of yards. And um, but, but the but between the big plays and and the penalties, um, you know that that was uh, that's what got us. And um, there were there were way too many penalties. Nine penalties, um, including a touchdown on a kickoff return, fourth down play, uh, where our defense did a nice job of stopping them on the one foot line. Um, you know, I I'd like to comment on each one, but. Um, I don't want to be be fined. So with that time, yours. Andy, can you explain your thinking on that third and twenty-seven play on the Bengals winning drive when you guys gave up the big play? Um, um, when you guys could have made him maybe kick him, uh, uh, made him kick a long field goal if you'd stopped him. And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, well, with, with hindsight now, I mean, uh, it, it, you know, we probably could have helped out a little bit more on uh, on on Chase. So, um, but that's, uh, um, you know, we put our guys in, you know, in that position, uh, to make a play, to hopefully get to the quarterback and keep them out of field goal range. And, um, and so it, it didn't work out. The guys busted their tail to get it done and it just didn't, it didn't work out. So you all know, right. type of things, we all have a little piece of this coaches, um, and players. So. Okay. And did you consider letting the Bengals score when they got down there to the goal line so you guys could have a chance with the ball, even if you were down yeah. seven points at that point? Sure did. Yeah. They put they took a knee, but yeah, sure did. Let's go next to Nate. That's the right thing to do. I mean, they did the right thing though. So. Hey Andy, I have two questions as well. The first is um, was there discussion between the game at all about um, sliding coverage or doubling chase at all and, and and if so, what was that conversation like? And then Brad, I have a follow-up. Yeah, I'm not going to cover that right there. I mean, we obviously knew he was playing well. So. And then given the circumstances you had to start the game, just uh, what was it like to, to obviously understand that Orlando Brown went down and, and how much had Joe Tooney had any practice reps at left tackle before obviously making that decision? Yeah, I thought Joe did a real nice job of jumping in there and, and, and doing it with – little very little reps um if any none this week for sure and uh but he um you know he's a football player and thought he did a nice job with that hey andy um i want to make sure i understood something that you had answered to adam earlier was it your anticipation to let them score at the end of the game but but you didn't feel like they were trying to get in the end zone is that what you were saying yeah i mean they took a knee yeah so Brad, I'll have a follow-up as well. Andy, for you with um, with Tooney left tackle and then also having Ali Gritty kick in at uh, left guard and Wiley having to come off the bench collectively, how do you think that offensive line did protection-wise? Yeah, listen, I thought uh, overall they did a good job. Um, that's a tough thing to do. Tribute to Andy Heck and his guys. I mean, the, the, the line, I thought, did enough of uh, a, a job where, you know, where we were effective, for sure. Yeah, and then given the margin for error, how small it got for various reasons, what do you hope this team takes away from this that can help them come playoff time? Yeah, so you learn from it. I mean, as coaches and players, you learn from it. I mean, that's all you can do right now. So, um, you know, the guys battled, and uh, I thought played good aggressive football. We just came up short against a good team, and so we'll go back, we'll study it, and – We'll try to get better from it. Andy, I just wanted to follow up on what you said earlier. Um, 
given the penalty situation, did you could you tell if there was anything that you could tell what was going on in terms of the secondary penalties? Was there anything that the refs gave you in terms of what their uh, understanding of those calls were? Yeah, no, they told me. Hey, Andy, sorry, I um, threw out a confusing question. I, I meant when, when the Bengals initially got down there, two minutes left in the game, was there a thought process there to potentially let them score and have a couple minutes left? And what swayed you in the direction that you went? Uh, before we stopped him on the one-foot line? Yeah, so then we took him in. Yeah. And we stopped him. So, and then there's a penalty. I mean, you know, kind of played out. <laughs> That's right. They did stop him twice. And then there were the penalties. But uh, you're already there, man. I could have helped out a little bit more on uh, – on, on chase. So, um, but that's, uh, uh, you know, we put our guys in, you know, in that position. Uh. On 1327, probably could have helped out more. Yeah, I think Big Red knows that. But again, this is a tough one to swallow. But I digress. Kansas City Chiefs uh, lose today to Cincinnati Bengals. Now you got to put this in the rearview mirror and think of the Denver Broncos because now the Chiefs have more work ahead of them to get the ultimate prize than they initially thought, but doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Football has a way to humble you, a big-time way to humble you. Look at the Cowboys. They were back in everybody's best team mode. You know, they're losing 22-7 to at home to the Cardinals, a team that got hammered by Detroit. I mean, football does weird things to you. At least the Chiefs don't have these kind of games, these inconsistencies. At least the Beagles were a very good football team. I digress. Let's hit that touchdown, Kansas City. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. They zone block it to the right, cut back left, run it, goes to Edwards Hilaire, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, CEH with TD1. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City. Well, the Chiefs didn't get in the end zone on their first drive, even though they lead the NFL with eight uh, first drive touchdowns on the season. It wasn't until the second drive as Cincinnati chose to defer, gave the Chiefs the ball. They ended up punting. Cincinnati ended up punting. And then Demarcus Robinson came to life for the Chiefs. Darrell Williams, single setback to the left of Mahomes. Ball snapped on the near hash. They give Mahomes time for the end zone. He throws and it's caught. Touchdown! Kansas City, Demarcus Robinson. On an outside, inside, outside, inside move, the Chiefs had time to get your Dino route for a touchdown on a triple move to Demarcus Robinson. I think there might be more about this play than we know. Josh Klingler said, hey, this is a Mitch play. The Dino play, five plays, 72 yards, 238 off the clock. As you're listening to touchdown Kansas City, brought to you by Tolomar Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. All right, so the Kansas City Chiefs up 7 to nothing after... The Dino played, called by Mitch Holtus. Then, time for our Tully touchdown of the game. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew, Irish Whiskey. It was this one only because he had a nice little homecoming back in Cincinnati. Of Mahomes, will take the ball on the near hash from center, Creed Humphrey. Mahomes throws it near side, caught Kelsey, touchdown! Kansas City burning Trey Flowers. And Kelsey couldn't get it in with his feet, but he catches it in his hands in the sweet nectar as Mahomes had time to throw. And the Chiefs lead 13 to nothing. Those are totally touchdown of the game, brought to you by Tullamore. Do Irish whiskey. That play right there, because Travis Kelsey, I mentioned a little bit of homecoming. He played for the University of Cincinnati. He is from that state. He is from Cleveland, though, but went to college in Cincinnati. But a three-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes. 
to Kelsey. Seven plays, 63 yards, 350 off the clock, putting the Chiefs up 14 to nothing in the first quarter. And this offense, despite uh, two left tackles being out in Brown and Lucas Niang, still were, uh, still were going until this guy began a great night. In the pocket to throw. Lofts the throw next. Far side caught at the 40. Jamar Chase at the 50. Great speed at the 40 of Kansas City. Outrunning the entire secondary. 15-10-5 touchdown. Cincinnati Bengals. A 72-yard touchdown pass. And he caught the ball at 12 yards. And Jamar Chase looked like Tyreek Hill. Jamar Chase has been unbelievable. That, that's been a deep threat to offense with the Cincinnati Bengals. That's one thing that served them well. They love throwing down the field. I mean, you look at the numbers of Joe Burrow, 40 yards down the field, 30 yards down the field. And the thing is, he's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. He's got to have a little tummy. He's got to have a little toughness about him to stand in that pocket and be able to throw. He's now thrown 15 touchdowns of 30 yards or more this season. The next most in the NFL, seven. So Joe Burrow able to throw it downfield despite the porous blocking for him. But anyway, that made the score 14-7 Kansas City at the point. All right, moving on to the second quarter. Still time here to uh, start making a run for the Chiefs. And, well, that's how they started the second quarter. Oh, first down goal to go at the one. They give it off. Darrell Williams breaking off one hit. Driving, driving, dragging Bengals into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City as Darrell Williams Ran over Wyatt Ray, and the Chiefs have their third touchdown in as many drives to lead 20-7 to early in the second quarter. Darrell Williams, a couple touchdowns. How about this guy? He's got 453 yards rushing. He's got over 400 yards receiving. You ever think you'd get that kind of production out Darrell Williams being an undrafted guy? It's the first of his two touchdowns on the day. That's 12.56 left in the second quarter. Nine plays, 75 yards, 4.05 off the clock, making the score 21-7 to Kansas City. And at this point, it just became going back and forth with Cincinnati. It just became a point of trying to stay ahead of them because this guy again. Bengals first and 10 at the Kansas City 18. Three wide to the near side. Burrow will go right side again on a fade. It is caught Jamar Chase. Touchdown this time high pointing the ball and beating Javarius Ward. Best uh, quarterback young receiver combination in the National Football League, Jamar Chase. With Joe Burrow, that is a problem that's not going to go away in the AFC for quite some time. Nine plays, 75 yards, taking 514 off the clock. That narrowed it with Cincinnati. It's 21 to 14. So, well, the Chiefs, uh, they need to do what they've been doing all game, and that's go out and get yet another touchdown. Chiefs leading 21 to 14. Williams at running back. He'll get it behind the center and into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. Blowing open a hole, and the Chiefs have four consecutive touchdown drives. Very impressive with this offense. Cincinnati had no answers. And again, this, this defense has been much improved for the Bengals. Darrell Williams, 100-yard run there, nine plays, 73 yards, taking 524 off the clock. 218 left in the second quarter. Evan McPherson, the AFC Special Teams Player of the Month. Patrick Mahomes is the AFC Offensive Player of the Month. Evan McPherson, the kicker, kicked a 46-yarder. Making the halftime score 28-17. There was that Byron Pringle 89-yard touchdown return. They got called back. And also the Chiefs are driving with that 65-yarder from Tyree Kill drop. But regardless, 28-17. So wonder if those points that they left off the board would come back and haunt them. Come back and haunt them in the second half of this game. Well, it did. Third quarter is only one score. It was guess who yet again.
Burrow takes the snap here, four-man rush. Burrow with time, left sideline, wide open. Jamar Chase at the 30, broken coverage, 10-5, touchdown. Cincinnati Bengals. It will go as a 69-yard touchdown pass on busted coverage by the secondary. 266 yards receiving from the rookie Jamar Chase. Opted out last year, won the Blitnikoff in the National Championship two years ago at LSU. 69 yards there. He had one of 18 yards earlier and one of 72 yards earlier. It's called double cover the guy. Move the safety and help him. Regardless, scores 28 to 24. Chase still at that point. But then it would be the Cincinnati Bengals taking over the game. Burrow retreating, looking left, floats a pass, and a corner route caught near side touchdown, Tyler Boyd. Tyron Matthew gets burned on a deep corner to the back pylon on the near side. Chiefs only had three possessions in the second half. Cincinnati really worked at time possession. It ended up being very even between both teams, but the second half was them. Harrison Butker would add a 34-yard field goal to tie the game up at 31. Then, of course, you had all that drama. Cincinnati down the goal line. A couple penalties from the Chiefs. Looked like the Chiefs were going to get the ball back. Offsetting penalties. Then the pass interference on Legereus Name. 31-31. And then Evan McPherson, the 20-yard field goal to win the game for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Chiefs' only shot is to try to block this. Chip shot to win it for Cincinnati and win the AFC North. It's good, and the Bengals have won the AFC North for the first time since 2015. Uh, it's been a minute. It's the last year the, Chiefs, the Broncos beat the Chiefs, too, by the way. But anyway, Evan McPherson, 20-yard field goal, 15 plays, 74 yards, 6.01 off the clock. That's right, the final 6.01 of time of possession there. At the end, of course, that third and 27 part of the end, too. Again, you go back and watch game film, it'll absolutely frustrate you all the chances the Chiefs had this game. But the Bengals dropped a couple interceptions as well. And one of them could have maybe been a pick six that the Bengals left. So everybody's going to have their issues going forward. That's Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tullamore time. We'll take a timeout. We come back. We'll take your phone calls. We'll hear from the locker room. All that and much more next. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Tune in Mondays at 2.15 for our weekly conversation with Patrick Mahomes on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Tis the season for the Santa Brownie Sunday, the Andy Nog Shake, or give the gift of Andy's gift cards this holiday season. Here's Jay Binkley. Chiefs lose 34-31 on a field goal by the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyree Kill, by the way, 110 catches now. That's the most ever by a Chiefs wide receiver. The franchise record was at 105 with Travis Kelsey. Tyree Kill uh, going strong on that. Travis Kelsey with the 88. Tyree Kill with 110 catches on the year. Chiefs find a way to lose it, and they've lost the number one seed. So it was uh, it was a pretty big sting for the Kansas City Chiefs today. Kind of a double whammy. And I think that number one seed was important. Give this team a much-needed bye. Played more football than anybody else. They could stand to use it. And Andy Reid is so good after a bye week. He'll give them that extra bye for the playoffs, but... Chiefs are going to have to put together a march, it looks like, like the Buccaneers. So they can do it. I mean, all teams are still in it. They just have the one bye in the NFL, so they can clearly get that bye. Uh, the number, well, they're probably not going to get that one seed unless Tennessee finds a way to lose to the uh, Texans. Even though back on November 21st, the Texans did beat the Titans. 
but asking for a sweep from the Texans over the Titans. Way too much. Way too much to ask for. Patrick Mahomes, of course, uh, off to a really good start that first half. I mean, four straight drives, four straight touchdowns for him. Here's Patrick Mahomes after the game. Patrick, what are those last six minutes like for you? Um, you know, as you're standing on the sideline hoping to get the ball back, and then also specifically if you could drill into the past couple minutes, <clears throat> is there any hope from you on the sideline that, hey, just just, just let him get in? I'd love to get the ball back here. Uh, I mean, there's a time and a place for that. I mean, I, I mean, they, they made – six stops at the goal line. I mean, yeah. whenever you make six stops at the one yard line, it's tough to whenever they, they get a first down after that. So, I mean, it's I mean, the defense has to play too. They made the stops. We almost got the ball backed up. We'd have been able to get in the overtime and do all that different type of stuff. But um, I mean, they fought to the very end and unfortunately it didn't work out their way. Patrick, you guys had uh, four touchdown drives in a row and then went into the locker room and it seemed to stall in the second half. What do you think maybe led to some of that change? Yeah, I mean, they came out and played a little different coverages and stuff like that. But uh, I think it was just execution, and we were executing at a high level in the first half. Um, we had a couple bad plays here and there uh, from really everybody um, that, that kind of stalled drives out. Um, but, I mean, I mean, we, we found ways to score points. I mean, we just got to continue to work on being better, and then hopefully going into this next game in the playoffs, we can we can get rolling. Hey, Patrick, I know this is a, a tale of two halves. As, as uh, Pete mentioned, you had, of course, uh, the four, you know, the four touchdowns in the in the first half. But what do you think they did specifically? Because you all were running the ball effectively both halves of the football, and you ran, I think, for about 75 yards in the second half. What is it that you saw that, that they were doing, especially in the third quarter, when the momentum started to shift that they were doing that, uh, to you all's offense that was stalling them? Yeah, I think we just, we just had a couple bad plays. Um, we had the third and one where we got the first down. I uh, ended up getting a holding call on an illegal shift. Um, so it moved us back. And then we got the third, and then on third and 12, Tyreek got, I guess, tripped up over the middle. He probably had been wide open. Um, and then, um, so we didn't get the first down there. Um, it kind of was stuff like that the entire second half. I mean, we had, I think it was like 167 rushing yards and almost 300 passing yards. So usually that's a, that's a pretty good day at the office. We just got to continue to dr- make drives work and, and score touchdowns. Hey, Patrick, just want to look ahead real quick. Um, the, um, Number one seed is no longer with your within your own control now. Now you guys need some help. Is it going to be, you feel like it's going to be difficult to get ready to prepare for this game, or what, what's the outlook on that right now? Understanding this is at a real early stage. I mean, after you after you lose a game like you lost it today, it shouldn't be difficult to get, be ready to go again the next week. So uh, I'm, I think guys will be ready to go. We're playing Denver. They're a good football team. They gave us the challenge this last time we played them, like they always do. And we're playing in Denver, which is a tough place to play at. So. Uh, I think we'll try to fix some things, come back, and uh, play better football this next week. Hey, Patrick, I have two questions for you. The first is, what was it like playing with the offensive line today, given the injuries to Orlando and Lucas? And then secondly, I think your last play was on a third and five, the Bengals blitz. I just wonder uh, what the strategy was there and if that blitz from the Bengals sort of surprised you, given they hadn't tried to blitz you much. It, it didn't – the actual blitz didn't surprise me uh, from, from kind of the film study. They Most times when they blitz, they would drop people out and kind of cover some of those guys underneath. Um, so we had a good plan for that. Um, that they actually – I was going to go to D-Rob, and they, the, the corner and the safety did a great job of passing off the, the post and the corner route. Um, so I got kind of caught out of position and threw, and threw it away. But, uh, I mean, we studied it a lot. I was kind of ready for them to bring a lot of blitzes. And, I mean, they brought some early, and we kind of started moving the ball. And then – and then as the game went on, they backed up, and we ran the ball really well. Um, and then I, f- I forgot your first question. No, that's okay. Uh, just asking, you know, when you don't see Orlando Brown coming out of the locker room and then obviously Lucas Nian goes down, just how was it like operating with that with that offensive line today? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously it's tough when you lose guys like that. Um, but I thought, I mean, I thought guys stepped up. I mean, they have a great pass rush, and Joe just kicking out the left tackle, Wiley uh, kicking over to right tackle, which we've always had trust in Wiley. He is a starter uh, in our heads. And so having Wiley out there at right tackle playing really well, Joe kicking out, Allegretti coming in. I mean, we have depth in that offensive line room, and uh, we needed it today. And that's something I think Beach did a great job of this, this offseason was making sure we have people that can go um, for cases like today. There's Petra Mahomes brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Yeah, that offensive line was thrown for a loop. Didn't have Orlando Brown. He's your starter in the Pro Bowl, left tackle. Didn't have him. Okay, you're going against Hendrickson on the other side. 14 sacks of the Bengals. Bengals' seventh most sacks in the NFL. They get to the quarterback extremely well. And then Lucas Niang moves and playing kind of out of place, going to left tackle. He gets hurt, leaves by a car with the calf injury. So where do you go? Well, the patellar 10, excuse me. With Lucas Niang. Then Allegretti had to come in for guard. Joe Tooney slides to the outside. Prince Tegowanogu was inactive. So was Kyle Long. So you got to kind of do what? But they don't make excuses. Like they didn't make COVID excuses last week. They crushed the Steelers. Backup uh, undrafted running backs. Top two rushers in the game. Three of the top four receivers. Undrafted. Top two tacklers. Undrafted. They didn't make excuses. And yeah, this game's a lot to make excuses with. The, with the With the penalties. Hold the Chiefs back at different times, but it is what it is. The Chiefs lost. They got to move on uh, from here. One guy, though, that really stepped up was Joe Tooney, moving from guard to tackle. I mean, how huge was that? That was such a big position. You're guarding the blind side of your half-billion-dollar quarterback. Chiefs didn't end up giving up any sacks. Not only that, they ran for 155 yards against the fourth-best run defense in the National Football League. Let's head back inside that locker room and hear from one Joe Tooney, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Big Joe. Hey, Joe. Um, wondering, have you played any tackle uh, before today since you left college? And also, um, how do you feel you did, given the circumstances? I'm assuming you hadn't practiced there all week or, or all season. How do you feel you did today? Um, I think I had a series or two at right tackle a couple years back. And then, um, you know, that I think um, there's always, you know, room to improve and, um, you know, I give credit to our O-line coaches and the whole offensive coaching staff. You know, they always do a great job preparing us each week. And, um, you know, it's kind of just the next man up mentality. And, um, you know, I have to check, take a look at the film. But, you know, there's always things to work on and things to improve. And, um, you know, just try and look at the film and try and get a little better for next week. So just how difficult uh, is a task uh, to find out, you know, in mere minutes that you got to gotta go to um, that left tackle position and then, um, what does it take mentally to kind of adjust? Yeah, I mean, just, um, you know, kind of just a different, you know, position, you know, going from guard to, to tackle. But, um, you know, like I said, got to credit our offensive, you know, O-line coaches, our offensive staff. And then the guys in the room are great. You know, um, Orlando was great, you know, you know, talking and the whole group just talking to each other, tips and pointers and reminders. And um, so it's, it's really just a unit, you know, we're just next man up mentality and, um you know, just, just want to be out there playing. And I think that's how everyone feels and regardless where it is. And um, just, you know, just want to play football and just want to win, you know? And um, so, yeah. Hey, Joe, as a follow-up to Adams and Pete's question, two-part two question here. Going from left guard to left tackle, how much easier is that, say, compared to moving over to the right side? And then lastly, uh, as a follow-up to Adams' question, how often do you take reps at left tackle during practice during the course of the year? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, left guard to left tackles, you know, a little easier of a transition because, you know, your feet are kind of still um, in the same. Um, but, yeah, it's just, um, 
you know, just everyone in the group, you know, wants to play and um, just, you know, got to be ready for whatever and, you know, get a sprinkling in of, uh, of reps to tackle. And um, so just, um, yeah, but just like I said, credit to the, the guys in the room, O-line coaches and the whole offensive staff and just, um, you know, preparing us every week. And um, you never know what like this stuff's going to happen. And, um, you know, just got to play together and communicate the whole time and just keep trying to work and get better. Uh, hey, Jeff, appreciate your time. Um, I know you don't want to take any moral victories from a game like this, but you guys had a, a season-high 155 yards rushing against that Bengals defense that sells out to stop the run. What does that say about this group and, and the ability to not only pass protect, but also kind of impose your will in the run game when you need to? Yeah, um, you know, I'm really proud to be part of this O-line group. Um, it's a bunch of hardworking guys who love to play together. And, um, you know, as offense line, you know, run the ball, pass the ball, um, we just want to, you know, give our running backs great holes and give, um, you know, Pat a clean pocket. And, um, you know, the running backs did a great job running today and um, tight ends were blocking my receivers, everyone. So, you know, it's a team effort. Um, just want to you know, execute the plays that are called. And, um, yeah, just um, we'll, we'll take a look at the film and, and, you know, try and, you know, keep improving, keep keep moving forward. Hey, Joe, appreciate the time. Um, you know, hey, playing tackle, is it is it like riding a bike? Does it did it come back to you, you know, all the everything, you know, back from the old days? And do you miss playing tackle? Um, it was, you know, it's just different. You know, there's just a lot more, you know, space out there. And, um, you know, it's just, just, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, but it was, it was, um, I just wanted to do what the team needed and um, whatever, wherever the team needs me, I'll play. And, um, you know, just, you know, Nick was great at left guard talking. Creed's always good at center and um, they did a great job communicating and um, just working together for the game. And, um, you know, I'll play wherever. So there you go. Joe Tooney had to step in and play left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, something they, they really needed. I will address this text from the 913 576 7610, who's, uh, who's, uh, wants me to bring this back up. That it was the Chiefs, not the refs, on that third and 27. Yes, that's 100% true. As we've mentioned on the show before, the Spags. And even Andy Reid was even asked about that after the game. In fact, you think about doubling Jamar Chase at this point, that third and 27 is really the uh, end all be all. This was Andy Reid about that play. I could have helped out a little bit more on, uh, on, on Chase. So, um, but that's, uh, uh, you know, we put our guys in. You know, in that position uh, to make a play to hopefully get to the quarterback and keep him out of field goal range. And, um, and so it, it didn't work out. The guys busted their tail to get it done, and it just didn't It didn't work out. So there you go, Andy Reid, about that situation. Tyron Matthew even says, hey, yeah, they probably want it back. Yeah, that one hurt, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure we all want that one back, you know, uh, as far as the players, you know, even, even Spags and, and the coaches as well. Um, yeah, so Spags, the player, the coaches want that back. I'll take those two plays back at the end of the first half, too. That kick return by Pringle, 89 yards. Also, that drop by Travis Kill or Tyree Kill down the field for 65 yards. Both those very important to the outcome of this game. Double J in Kansas City, what's up? Hey, what's up? Uh, thanks for taking the call. Uh, just wanted to say, yeah, I totally agree with you uh, uh, on that Tyreek, on that pass to Tyreek before uh, halftime. Uh, he catches that. It could be a whole different ball game, and we probably win this game. Uh, uh, just, just a tough game to lose. Uh, uh, I still think we'll be all right and make a run in the playoffs too. But uh, just uh, today, just was a tough loss to take. Uh, uh, just questionable ticky tack 
penalties that they called on us to just 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 as frustrating to kind of watch. But uh, uh, it's going to take our frustration now on the donkeys Sunday, and uh, uh, hopefully Houston can help us out too. Go David Mills and Texans. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, go Texans. Go Texans yeah. this game. There's no question about it, Double J. I mean, the situation is, you know, if you're Denver, they're already down the Brett Rippon tonight. I mean, they've been going through it. And you know what? A lot of those Bronco fans might want to see a Chiefs pasting because they want Vic Fangio gone. They want to compete in this division. They need two things, a quarterback and a head coach. It's a great roster, but they know those are the two things that need to happen in Denver for them to be somewhat viable against the Kansas City Chiefs. But Chiefs won 12 in a row. Can they make it 13 in a row? Certainly, I'm sure the Chiefs will be a little bit pissed when they go play the Denver Broncos, and they should. I mean, there's, there's games that you kind of let out of the bag. This was one of them. For the play, the play calling, the refs, all that, it was crap. I mean, the officiating was terrible, and I hate blaming the officials. But again, it wasn't the officials on third and 27. No, Jamar Chase had a great game. How do we stop this guy? Make the adjustments to stop him. Don't let him simply go out and dominate you. But regardless, Chiefs not only suffered a loss today to the Cincinnati Bengals, they win the division. AFC North, first time since 2015. And the Chiefs at this point need the Texans win over the Titans to reclaim the number one seed. Chiefs had been able to outrun their trouble, and those losses hadn't really bit them, and they controlled their own destiny. Well, it's not that way anymore. Now you got to hope for outside, but they still could be the number two seed, which, like 2019, the, two, the second seed got a bye week. Not anymore. Just like last year, only the top seed ended up getting a bye week. Tampa Bay did end up winning the Super Bowl. They didn't even win their division. They had to go on the road each step of the way in the playoffs and still won a Super Bowl. So it's still out there. No team wants to play the Kansas City Chiefs. They did have their highest rushing total today against the Bengals, fourth best rushing defense. But they've got to circle the wagon, so to speak, against the Denver Broncos. Felt the offense was looking good, but they got to figure out a way to stop a guy dominating. Thanks to Pete Sweeney joining us. Thanks to Josh Klingner. And thanks, as always, to Kramer Sansone. Much appreciated. Talk to you tomorrow.